0: Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week, we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, rate the film. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing top gun directed by tony scott in the line of fire by wolfgang peterson starship troopers by paul verhoeven road to perdition by sam mendes and we have newly released top gun maverick directed by joseph kaczynski so stay tuned and enjoy the show Mr. Vincent Daly. How's it going, buddy? Thomas, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well, man. How was your uh, week of movies, Ben? The week was good. Uh,
1: obviously, we had both the Top Guns, uh, the conclusion of the Verhoeven yeah. Yeah, uh, project. Yeah, big week. Yeah, big week. So, uh, uh, really, really happy with um, just being able to watch a lot of kind of action or military or, you know, just, a, or just in general, a lot of guy movies, I think, this week, uh, which was enjoyable, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: and I know I'm definitely excited too. Road to Road uh, Road to Perdition surprised me. Yeah, but I'm, I'm happy to see it's on the list. Yeah, and then uh, of course Top Gun is just it's it's what's in the news. It's oh, <laughs> is time.
1: it is it in the news uh, for sure? So I
0: kind of like how we're capping. We're starting off at, and capping. The, sh- the episode, the episode with, mm-hmm. with both Top Guns. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. And,
1: uh, and what an 80s film uh, the original Top Gun is. I mean, yeah,
0: even seeing old clips of it. It's uh, like Big whoa. time.
1: Top to bottom 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Okay, we're gonna start right there. Sure. So we're sure. back in we're back there in 1986. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. We've got uh, Goose and Maverick here. This is the original <laughs> Top Gun. Vin, how did it fare? What do we have?
1: So yes, uh, Top Gun is the military program for top fighter pilots. Uh, and our story follows candidates during training and then builds into a kind of a real test in the finale. Uh, back when we re- reviewed G.I. Jane, I kind of struggled to describe this this genre, this this kind of sub-story, you know, of right. training than real action. Uh uh, talked about Heartbreak Ridge, talked about uh, even like a Stripes or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. This is structurally is very much the same. Uh, and even in the new one, it kind of follows that same story beats that it's about time and training and maybe some drama in training, but then real life test uh, of, of what we've learned in training. Uh, so uh, as far as this movie, this movie is emphasizing less on action and more on the lives of our candidates, notably, of course, Mr. Cruz. Yep. Uh, and as well uh Kelly McGinnis uh or, or I'm sorry Kelly McGillis in a really hot and heavy 80s romance. Uh this movie is like 70% romance uh, and it's a, that's the ratio. Oh it? yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it was that much. Yeah, it it is a lot. Uh and I would say probably 30% jet fighter movie and my argument, I mean, I wasn't, like, thrilled with this movie, per se, but yeah. my argument for this movie is probably for the better. Uh, I actually want to tackle that 30% first. When we're talking about this, I mean, the conflict here, 1986, it's, it's Migs versus Tomcat, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. This is, like, iconic jet matchup yeah. uh, and Cold War jet matchup. So that conflict being fueled by the Soviets... Uh, still being the bad guy for 1986, it's the Cold War. We're not really going to be engaging in fighting. Some of the drama of the film is like, well, are will they, won't they, type right. of thing. Sure, uh, which is not the best for an action film because, yeah, sure, the, <laughs> yeah, sure, the, the political <laughs> drama is it's there, mostly won't they. Yeah, 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 exactly. It is mostly won't they. But that's also a big reason why a lot is played out in training. A lot is played out yes, in yes, these the, these these training scenarios and that really kind of makes... more realistic
0: in that way, almost. It does so much. It I mean, does. that's real world. It's so much more training than yeah, actually.
1: That's true. It's true. There's also so much into the rankings of Top Gun, the different teams competing with each other. Sure, yeah. Uh, which is wholly missing from the sequel. Uh, there really is a bravado among these different fighter pilot teams uh, competing with each other to be Top Gun. That is the that is the position okay. of it uh, coming out of the film. I really don't care for the. Air combat, though, in this movie, um, the real footage is, of the jets is cut into in studio work of the cockpit, uh, but it's done in a way that they are shot very straightforward. Mm. Uh, it is done in a very erratic roll cage to kind of simulate the the yeah. spinning and the and the fast turns of the jets, but it creates a. It's, it's a bad visual language. It's a bad action language on film. It's very hard to track what the hell is going on in these action sequences. It's kind of by. like a mess. Yeah, it's, cla- it's cla- claustrophobic as far as... What even pilot, pilot we're looking at, of course they have uh, stylized helmets, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's 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 all shot in the same view of straight ahead into the cockpit. And again, this roll cage that they're in, yeah. sure, it's it's important to simulate the speed and whatnot to yeah. make sure it matches the real footage of the jets that they're filming uh, at the time, but it's just, it, throughout every action sequence, it's, it's what the hell is going on? Who is shooting at who? Oh, that's uh, annoying. Yeah. And
0: are there cuts between, I actually haven't, I think I've seen... Honestly, I don't think I've seen the whole thing. I have mm-hmm. seen parts of it, mm-hmm. um, but not the whole thing. Is it very, you have real outside cuts mm-hmm. of of the planes and everything like that. And then you're going back and forth between outside cuts and then inside cockpit. Exactly. And then outside fights inside and that's cockpit. And in-studio. And how is it, look? right, the in-studio stuff, how is it looking as far as what does the sky look? Is it like matching, uh, it, you, it, you know?
1: Uh... I guess. I guess. Honestly, the camera is so tight. You barely see much. Yeah, you barely see it. Okay. And maybe that even has maybe that's a play the point. In it, if we're not seeing clouds zoom by, or, and if they're or in, the in the simulator, yeah. maybe that's
0: just how it is. That's the room, you're in the space you have in the actual exactly. simulator that they're using. Yeah, but that's, I can understand how that would be. Jump jumbly. It, yeah,
1: it's poor visual <laughs> language and like we've covered on a few times, action is about clear understanding of what are the what's happening in the scene mm-hmm. and what are the stakes in the scene. You know, it's why no cuts in an action, you know, even in a fight choreography, that's where Good action is found that it's 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 seeing everything in front of you and understanding that visual visual language to it. Uh, This is just very unclear. Combine that with their mouths being covered all the time with, uh, you know, the 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 air uh, mask. It's just, yeah. It's just, you have no idea what's going on. But uh, like I said, that is thirty uh, percent of the film, and now I am done talking about the jets in Top Gun. <laughs> so, but not uh, anywhere close to Tom Cruise's first film, but really might be his first iconic film, probably next to Risky Business in his in his career. Uh, was, was
0: what was Cocktail uh, after? Actually, oh, okay, all right. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Cocktail really stands out for you. So- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a classic movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I mean, Tom is just uh man, he is he's he's full distilled Tom Cruise here. He yeah. is is the essence of Tom Cruise. He's really just just a perfect douche in this. <laughs> uh and um and it's right in his prime. You know, I mean, this is this is Everything that Tom Cruise I think is, is is made fun of for or or is pointed to when you talk about overacting, but it's 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 all right here. And his chemistry with McGillis is 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 good. I mean, again, if this movie is going to be primarily a romance, I think it- it, it may not be my favorite thing ever, but it does work. Um, his flirting may be a bit cringy at times, but... Okay. You know, and that's really just because it's Tom Cruise's way about him. But I think uh, the romance as a whole definitely does work in this. Um, it is a fun, flirty movie that does not take itself seriously, uh, does not take the seriousness of Top Gun as a military program seriously. You okay. Know, Tom is uh, cracking jokes in class and... What and, whatnot, and flirting with his teacher and whatnot. So you're not really getting realism here, but at the same time, because it's so 80s and it's so fun, it's also not a bad time either. You know what I mean? He'd, okay. Th- there's almost a suspension of disbelief because of how much it's not about the military and not about jet fighting. You okay. Know? It's about him... Really, in this hot and heavy 80s romance, <laughs> and
0: so it's, it's good to hear that the 80sness of it doesn't bring it down, but maybe, yeah. does it add to kind of the the novelty of it? Or oh, just... for sure. Okay, uh, right. this
1: movie was on my mind so much this week. I watched this first <laughs> in, in in the week in the order in preparation for the for the new film. I really couldn't stop thinking about it because it, it really is such a time capsule. Uh, it, it is it okay. Just, soundtrack through and so, through. Oh, soundtrack is is hugely yeah. 80s. You know. Even even beyond just like the Kenny Loggins, you know, Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, there's Take My Breath Away. There's, I mean, the the Cynthia soundtrack itself. I mean, yeah, it's it's a top two bottom '80s. So. <laughs> uh, as well as far as iconic kind of first roles, this goes double for Val Kilmer, where this is actually his only third film. Okay, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely an early role for uh, for Val, but uh, I mean, his character is named ice uh, i can't i can't tell you how much i love ice that man. yeah the iceman <laughs> he's just he's just cool as ice and and Man, he plays,
0: I, does he play the bad guy well?
1: Uh, not necessarily the bad guy. More, more of the. He's definitely a good guy. If anything, he's more straight laced than the Maverick okay, as a that's, as that's in right. a pilot. But he's uh, the foil, I would say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, to compare to a recent Tom Cruise, he would be the uh, the Kevin Bacon in Few Good Men. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So still good, but still an agitator. Yes. Uh, to, to okay. Cruise, I, yeah, that's so. a good one. Yeah. But uh, it's <laughs> I really can't get over how much I love that his name is Ice and and he's like the cool <laughs> character. <laughs> like, this is amazing, but this movie is just top to bottom uh, the most '80s things I, I, I think I've ever seen. Soundtrack is a great example of that. Not just like I said, the Kenny's Logan song. The score is wild, very synth heavy to the point of goofy in parts. But we see it being so iconic that really the only actual, the only actual music ripped for the sequel is the main theme of the Top Gun program, uh, and that is. You but know, that was old-
0: redone a little bit, because right? Hans Zimmern took that. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, Hans is... Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was redone. He, he does I mean, music- to the
1: point that it, it fooled me. Okay. I, I thought it was identical.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. No, I thought, Hans, I thought Hans messed with it a little bit. Mm. They brought him in for Composer, basically, mm-hmm. and he did some things with the... Theme throughout the film as well. Oh, wow. well wow. Yeah, modernizes it, I think, a little bit.
1: Yeah, and definitely needed. Uh, also, that's really the only thing it grabs for the new movie uh, is that main mm-hmm. theme, that main iconic um, synth line to it. So uh, the movie is just honestly, though, you know, as, as like I described in the beginning, maybe structurally in the writing of the story, similar to uh, our recently reviewed G.I. Jane, it could not be farther from the tone of G.I. Jane, mm-hmm. which. Uh, was focused around realism and trying to capture some sort of realism of what it's like to go through this boot camp yep. where Top Gun is just like, yeah, we're having fun, we're partying, you know. I'm flirting with the teacher, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's it's just very cavalier. It's very jokey. The romance starts a little cringy with the teacher, but, uh, you know, Tom Cruise does bring it, and I think it just has a lot to do with the star power. You know, really the most 80s thing at all, uh, of all, is that, it kind of works for that reason alone, you know. Okay, sure. Uh, which was surprising. Uh, like I said, I uh, was watching a lot of different movies this week. Maybe all, all like kind it. of action based. But really, I could not get my mind off of Top Gun just because of how much of a time capsule it was. That's very I surprising, to I really is. And I, I'm, I'm not even saying I, I enjoyed it that much, but I think there really was. Something special that the the film captured. I am objective. I'm not letting that necessarily affect the score, but I think it's important to note that that's a good sign if a movie does kind of stick with you, whether you like it or not. Uh, I remembered the feeling that Top Gun gave, and I think more than anything that pushes this into a little bit of an above-average watch for me. We're going to go ahead and give the first Top Gun a 60 on the dot. Oh, wow. Okay climbed out of the 50s hmm, i don't know yeah i don't know what to think about that score yeah uh, you think it's too too generous or no, i i honestly i don't know
0: because i knew you were doing it mm-hmm. um along with the new one and i don't know i think i was expecting maybe 40s or 50s mm. so maybe it is even above average but mm. i was thinking you were gonna give it
1: i think if i if i the emphasis was more on action i think it really would fall oh but yeah if anything because that's kind of set back and maybe the, in making the film, they if understood you're saying it's seven thirty, that's it's yeah.
0: it's not a small, it's a big difference. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and there's definitely a big difference in the amount of time that we. We're flirting with, uh, <laughs> with Tom Cruise riding bikes, <laughs> listening to "Take My Breath Away." You know, what I mean, it's yeah, a yeah. very '80s affair. Maybe that's true. man. the '60s is a, it's a pretty higher score
0: than I thought yeah, it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. and so. that's cool. And if you're looking for an '80s time capsule, here you go. Exactly. Yeah, that's and I cool. Th-
1: there was there was something mildly good about it. Uh, definitely <laughs> was not. <laughs> definitely wasn't a bad experience. Cool. So oh, good to hear. Yeah.
0: All right, so that's Top Gun. So we're going to move on here to. So we're 93 now. Oh, yes, yes. And this is Mr. Clean Eastwood. This is In the Line of Fire. Mm. What did we get with this? This was a pretty big movie when it came out, I believe.
1: Yeah, uh, this was 1993, so it is—and I'll, I'll have some notes about this in a little bit— uh, it's around the JFK assassination, uh, uh, okay. and 30 years later is kind of uh, in both in the marketing but also very much in the story okay. as well, gotcha. so that's why it's kind of a big movie. Um, and Clint,
0: I mean, he's on fire at this point, too. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is
1: a year after Unforgiven, yeah. so this is kind of the return of Clint Eastwood, if you will. Uh, on my list forever, though, folks, uh, and going through the five Dirty Harry films probably much, much earlier, I want to say, probably was four years ago? Maybe probably five? three. Uh, yeah, three or four yeah. years ago, yeah. Uh, went through all the Dirty Harry films and and just have a uh, big list for Eastwood that I, I chip away from occasionally. Uh, and this is really referred to as one of the top, uh, uh, if anything, like I said just a moment ago, uh, among Unforgiven one of the top performances for Eastwood, or at least that's what people say. Mm -hmm. So, Clint uh, is playing an accomplished federal agent being harassed by a psychopath obsessed with his past and torments him uh, with his failures of his past, which is very interesting. This psycho is played by John Malkovich, and in equal... In equal performance, in equal electricity on screen, really, really both of really? these are just such a standout. Malkovich
0: uh, sometimes always just falls flat for me
1: for, sure, for whatever sure. reason. I don't get uh, much...
0: I don't get too excited about him ever yeah yeah Yeah. he
1: he really is playing like an electric character though I would say if you are a a Malkovich fan uh, this is probably a must watch for you because it's just I mean he just plays such a cool villain you know Uh, very calculated so the true events of the JFK assassination is what is used to craft a fictional cat and mouse chase that was a really a pretty good time I'm coming very positive with this one Um, uh, let's talk about the Performances because it really is my recommendation is key to equally Eastwood and Malkovich. Okay. Uh just the right amount of Eastwood sass here. <laughs> this is not uh Overkill. This is not your later dear Dirty Harry films. Certainly not Gran Torino, you know. Okay. This is I, I feel he, it's a factor. With, what's his
0: character here?
1: Uh his character is a a federal agent that helped protect. Uh, Secret
0: Service guy. Yes. Yeah, okay. Service so he's guy. kind of playing a little bit more straight laced. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. A little straight laced, but he's definitely a relic in the story. So yeah. he still has these kind of like old man ways. And he, okay, you know, sure. He, you know, he's saying th- a couple things out of pocket and people like roll their <laughs> eyes, but it's just the right amount. It's not where it could be nauseating like sure. those later Dirty Harry films where. It's all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's like, just yeah, throwing it at you. Yeah. Like, you yeah. watch like Sudden Impact or, or The Deadpool and uh, it's just like a. Uh, Every every joke is just like, oh, he's a relic, you know. Okay. No one can tell him what him to do, you know. <laughs> <Sure>. uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so it's just the right amount. And I, I think it's weird with Clint, too, that it really only comes up in his non-Western roles, this sassiness. He either has cold, cool, you know, yeah. a man with no name, Uh, or he is sassy, detective, Uh, uh you know, that's secret agent. You know, I mean, that's his two roles, basically. So It's actually kind of true. St- yeah. <laughs> it's kind of true, yeah. yeah. I'm
0: yeah. thinking about that. I'm just thinking about his Westerns now, and it's like, you're kind of right, I guess. He doesn't
1: have those those the quick wit in the Westerns, you know? He's, yeah,
0: he's definitely going for the more badass.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My focus is that, you know, this old man Eastwood per- persona, this was really born with Unforgiven the year before. Yeah. Uh, and this being a year later, uh, not only is it in check a little bit more uh, than what we see in later films, but it is very good. It's enjoyable. It's it's the perfect mix, the yeah. perfect balance to, uh, of what Eastwood has to offer in this... Li- you know, later on in his career. Mm-hmm. So, and wow, uh, John Malkovich on the other side of the coin is just cool as iced. He plays this psychopath that has military training, uh, and really is able to match the, the intensity or or the, um, you know, uh, this mastermind element that he's able to play and orchestrate this cat and mouse game. It's very interesting to see it unfold. It really is a perfect match. A lot of this conflict is handled actually through phone calls between Eastwood and Malkovich. And Ah. at first I was like, Jesus, is this gonna? Is every conflict gonna be over the phone? You know, they <laughs> <laughs> we're talking like double digits times. They're just chatting, <laughs> chatting it up on the phone. <laughs> but it really is enjoyable because Eastwood is throwing like, some very like legitimately funny zingers at at Malkovich. <laughs> you know, he's just throwing his 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 weight his around. And and Malkovich, it not only is a is a, a fascinating character, kind of shunned by his his nation, but on top of that as well, just plays such a cool villain, everything you want in a villain. Okay, you know, one step wow. ahead to it, and and just and again, very early on his car- in his career. So
0: yeah, uh, early nineties, sure.
1: Yeah, so uh, it was it was a real good time, uh, and I would say that that's really key to my recommendation that these two are the star of the show, yeah. and absolutely. Where I would say it's electric that makes me want to recommend it. Okay. You
0: know? That's cool. And then how does our female lead Renee Russo how much uh, a big of a part does she play?
1: She 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 adds to the romance, uh, as far as what's going on with Clint. Honestly, minor to no no real impact on, on the story okay. itself. Uh so not not really not with adding anything in my notes for okay. for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know uh i would say it's interesting though i mean with with malkovich there it, it was kind of giving me joker energy vibes you know to it uh, joker batman kind of vibes um which which came up uh it recently, uh, over the past few weeks, a few things, not to kind of oversimplify things, but really was top of mind as far as the, uh, the, the story uh, dynamic between characters. Okay. Uh, I can uh, see that,
0: though. I mean, you're dealing with a psychopath, basically. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. And Malkovich gets the Oscar nomination here. He did oh, not cool. win it this year for Best Supporting, uh, or, or whatever, this year that came out, uh, 93. 93, yeah. But a uh, really good performance, I would say. Um, if you are a Malkovich fan, this is a, this is a good watch for you. Okay. So... Uh, the film, despite coming out in the early 90s, and definitely, you know, uh, you know, the 90s had plenty of 80s action films to learn from as far as, you know, electric energy and whatnot on screen. This film is more so a detective story uh, than an action flick. It's not going for anything like a modern version of the story that we would see for presidential protection, Um. I honestly don't think I've ever seen it all the way through, but like an Olympus Has Fallen or Mm, or something mm -hmm, like that, mm -hmm. a modern format of this show, uh, of this this type of story. It also suffers from a little bit of a a slow middle. Uh, Clint gets sick in the middle of the movie. The character gets sick. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) achoo. And um, for it being in the middle of the movie, man... uh, It's uh, a little interesting for realism, but (laughs) it does really... It Slow drags things, it box it down out. Huh? yeah to a crawl uh, i would say it's pretty bad for an action film uh, <laughs> uh luckily was he
0: sick in real life and they worked it into the script i have no idea okay I, I
1: don't think so i don't think so it was also a weird watch in in 2022 because you know he's he's sick but he's like going up to people and giving them sass and you know he's okay yeah one-liners <laughs> it's like okay i guess no one's worried about getting sick off of, <laughs> of the yeah the times have changed yeah i think my point in bringing it up yes it's it i i I would say almost it's critically bad for an action film to suffer from this slow middle yeah. uh, and for something so stupid as an excuse if he got a cold. But at the same time, that really isn't the focus. The focus is much more a, of a noir detective story, certainly the romance vibes of a noir story. Okay. Uh, with, with um, I already forget her name. Uh, Renee know? Russo. Exactly. There's, it's a different focus. So if I, can, if I can prep you folks at home, this is not your 90s action film, though it may be billed like a big 90s action film. Yeah. It is really much more of a kind of a detective, intimate story between a man being tormented by a psycho it's it's really odd how much we see uh, or rather I should say much uh, how we see Top Gun Maverick play into nostalgia for an older generation. In this way, this movie does the same uh, for an older generation at the time. A lot is played into the JFK assassination being 30 years ago, and while this movie may be slow for a 90s action film, uh, it's structured differently, I think, for an older generation at the time mm. that would be watching this Okay, film. very cool. And I think that's a justification as well watching it back then to say oh this is this is more you know an older generation watching this that would be you know attached to that event mm-hmm. wouldn't want a bombastic movie i think it's a very important note they wouldn't to... want a sty-
0: stylized thing they would want yeah Realism. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Or just a slower-paced film Mm -hmm. about more relationship-based stuff. Sure. Detective vibes and investigative aspects to it. I think it's important, though, watching the modern day, we do not have that sense of saying, oh, this was marketed in a certain way for that type of generation. Uh, I think the best thing I can do is, is prep folks at home for... You know, watch this movie in the light that it's meant to be, and that is not really as an action film, which is surprising. Hmm. So, on that note, I mean, I would say the action itself is a little weak in parts, but luckily the focus is elsewhere. Clint brings a great performance, and while having some real star power in every scene, uh, if anything outshining him as John Malkovich. And I would say once again, if you are a fan of John Malkovich, this is probably an above average watch for you and should be on your list. I had a great time with this film. We're gonna go ahead and give in the line of fire a 74.
0: Seventy-four, great score. It's a great mm-hmm. movie.
1: Absolutely. Very
0: cool. Yeah, I think I'm gonna check this guy out here.
1: Yeah. It was uh it it was also fun to see a, a movie like this uh in ninety three because it really does feel much how a modern kind of political thriller would be set up. Uh, mm, I think. I think okay. there's a lot here that. Uh Show shows more modern trends that we would see in, like, the 2000s. Uh, again, was, something that's coming to mind, it's been so long since I've seen it, but, like, a vantage point or something like that. Just political, oh. <laughs> political threat in general, you know, or, or presidential threat, I should say. Okay,
0: I like it. I like uh, it. I can I definitely see with what you're saying, it just fe- it feels like a 2005.
1: Yes. It fits in a 2005 kind of film as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, But uh, a very solid watch. Yeah,
0: 74, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And oh.
1: primarily for the performances more than anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if Malkovich is that good, mm-hmm. and then you have Clint as, like, peak Clint, as mm-hmm. far as, like, just good at what he's his doing His return there. To, yeah. to form, absolutely. Very cool. All right, so that's 74 for In the Line of Fire. Next, we're going to go ahead... This is our last film in the Paul Verhoeven study that we've mm. been doing. Uh, his last film, 1997. This is Starship Troopers. And what did we get here? Sure, so the, the end
1: destination for this whole thing. Uh, yes,
0: our our first kind of three, or first two we kind of similar, yep. and then we had a we had a completely different third and fourth <laughs> film, especially last last week when we did Showgirls, yeah. and now we're returning to an action sci-fi exactly. type thing back yeah. to the original two.
1: We're back to sci-fi, yeah. and 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 my my hope of hopes was that this was not like when we talked about Cronenberg, that The Fly was the destination, and ah. then I didn't like The Fly. <laughs> the Fly was on, yeah pretty low on the list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so let's just start with you know what Starship Troopers is on the face. Uh, you have three friends in high school that all get persuaded to join the military in some form casper van deen is going into the infantry denise richards is going to be a ship pilot and neil patrick harris is going to a new futuristic kind of psychic psyops program
0: how young was neil patrick harris
1: oh real young they're okay. all they're all i don't maybe i'm trying to think
0: they're probably pretty young
1: the start of Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris is Doogie Hauser? I've never seen I have him, no idea. Yeah, I actually is. don't know. He's like exactly. a sitcom kid, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah sounds <laughs> right. We'll go with that. <laughs> you want to go with that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, very early and they're definitely trying to fill that type of high school feel. There's there's almost okay. a um, uh, not a say by the Bell quality, but there is really, he, he's he's trying to make this almost diffusing high school fun time. Okay. Uh, on the last day of school, they probably promise to always be friends as they walk into a horrific, terrifying (laughs) war with merciless bug monsters, so... Why don't we talk about satire a bit? I think a good comparison here is Hot Fuzz. You ah. have action comedy being tied together, and it's in its its that combo is also parodying a lot of what came before it as far as movie goes. Okay, but good satire, folks at home. This looks like Doctor Strangelove, a lot of Mel Brooks films, really, uh, maybe even the ever cursed Don't Look Up. <laughs>
0: also got a seventy four. <laughs>
1: but um as far Even as meant like candy yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> go ahead <laughs> I'm on the take. Yeah. Leo Leo has me on the take. <laughs> but it's it's cliche to say that these type of satire comedies hold up a mirror to something, but I think it really does illustrate that it's not just parody, and it's not just comedic setup. It has bite as well. It has a purpose. It has a particular focus it's trying to tackle. It,
0: it has a foundation that it can lean on. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, and that foundation may not be comedy directly, and this, I would say, the foundation... Foundation is more so this sci-fi action mm-hmm. half high school kind of friendship movie, <laughs> uh, but then the the comedy comes from just the pure outrageousness of these murderous, merciless bugs, and as well the world building that Verhoeven does. Um, this movie takes those world building commercials we see in RoboCop, yes, yes. in Total Recall. What I thought this whole sp- <laughs> <laughs> what I thought this whole study was going to be about, but then. Showgirls and, uh, and Basic Instinct threw yeah. that out the window. <laughs> but we're back to it. Yeah, we're back to it. Uh, and it uses it to create an underlying comedy and critique. Primarily, it establishes that our characters exist in a fully future fascist empire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Info dumps are handled through the federal fascist TV networks. Uh, it shovels out propaganda from everything, from the funny for building up comedy, like uh, giving giving uh, you know assault rifle uh, uh, you know training to uh, orphans and children yeah. <laughs> uh, to the to the sharp and more critiquing of you know mandatory viewings of executions on all channels you know there sure. was a, there was a balance there to creating the world and it just is really driven in that they li- they live in this cartoonish fascist society when when Rico uh um, Casper van Dien's character wants to go into the military his father says something outlandish like i'd rather take 10 lashes for disloyalty in the public square like it's just so they they live in such a cartoon world um <laughs> And I think for the time, this could very easily get overlooked. This could very easily Mm. get overlooked as saying, "Oh, this is straight lace. This is not comedy at all. This is just like a really generic sci-fi movie." Really? Oh, do you you think it it could be?
0: misunderstood in that way
1: absolutely but that's how well it flirts the line okay all right Uh, and that really is my argument for it um these horrific consequences of war with cartoonish alien bugs are contrasted with friendship pinky promises and that is why this is a comedy does that make (laughs) sense you You see why this uh, could uh, be you know uh, a fully a satire
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Are
1: you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, underneath all this is a pretty decent sci-fi action movie. When the action does take the primary role in Act 2... It's not at all disappointing, and if anything, is just as solid as the satire. Um, we have all the violence and the brutality we know from Verhoeven's work. And I have some great gore work. Uh, if anything as well, it's all alien blood, so it can really be cranked up to 11. Yeah. This is not going to be flirting with like an NC-17 rating because it's all, you know, green and orange blood. But right. at the same time, probably has the most blood work. Really, even even, even, e- even more than RoboCop, where a guy gets run over and explodes, right. you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's really impressive. And again, I, I feel right in line with the commercials and the world building. Just feels like there's such momentum that he has here as okay. a director and and his style, you know.
0: It sounds it sounds pretty impressive because it seems like you're buying into it. You're yeah. buying into what he's trying to what he's selling there on screen. And even though it's, the premise is ridiculous and it is part comedy and satire, mm. it's working. It's it's working, yeah. and you're taking it seriously yet. And
1: it's working on an action level too. Yeah, I mean, I'm just very it? impressed. It's, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Especially coming from Showgirls, it just oh. makes no sense. Absolutely, he's a weird dude. I think that's yeah. all it is.
1: I think he just likes making racy movies. You know what I mean? Is I mean. this?
0: Does it have elements of uh, sexiness? There's definitely, and- oh yeah,
1: there's definitely plenty of nudity. Okay, all right, and, all right. You know, yeah, and again, it just the violence and brutality. I think it's of the same shade as a nudity. It's, yeah, you know, it's something that. <laughs> I mean, you try to make this movie now, or you try to make any of these movies nowadays. They're going to be tuned down, you know what I mean? They're going to be right. trying to get more audience members in seats. Yeah, you yeah, know? definitely, so absolutely. I kind of got to respect, you know, all the five movies that we covered because he was never foot off the gas as far as <laughs> <laughs> making rated R movies. Yeah. <laughs> so. The alien bug design as well, absolutely terrifying. Uh, we have the special effect pros Phil Tippett and Craig Hayes doing a phenomenal job of creating subtle differences in the bug soldiers. Some are camouflaged, some are winged. There's different biomes to the alien that they're attacking. Okay. It's awesome. It's so cool. Um, well, we're actually going to be covering Phil Tippett directing soon, actually, in a few weeks. He has an animated feature called Mad God coming out that will be released soon. Okay, and, cool. It uh, uh, was actually on my radar, and then in researching this, I was like, holy smokes. It just worked it's, out that way. Yeah, That's it, cool. It, I know. It's, I, I it's do great. have to
0: ask, how well did it hold up, though? Like, mm. how...
1: How do they look? So the visual (laughs) – right. I think the bugs look great. Uh, Still? Yes, I definitely do. Wow. Uh, It is a mix of model work uh, uh, and miniatures that are practical effects. It is late 90s in the sense that you're probably – I would say spaceship-wise. This is probably – Bad. not bad be- not bad but not better than anything like star trek wise you know what i mean this okay. is that that where the space sequences where they're done and maybe even some large scale bugs uh, mm-hmm. like they have like siege bugs that like spit out goo and, okay okay <laughs> <you know? laughs> um that type of stuff, when it's large scale, they are having to lean on that CGI. When it's bugs, when it's practical effects, when they're up close with the bugs and and having the blood splatter on them, and they're shooting it, Works. that's all done through practical effects and like puppet work and and big rubber, you know, big rubber models and whatnot. All of that really works, and I think it works and overcomes some of that, you know, what wish. you're feeling that that eh, is the CGI. Late night, kind of right, like, ooh, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it overcomes that because of its design. You know, the design is so fun to look at. I mean, at. that's awesome. Yeah.
0: That we're this many years after, yeah. it's still practical effects, man. I mean, exactly. they're practical, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I think you bring up a good point, Tom, because it's uh, it's not without some criticism. I mean, I think these these effects are going to yeah. be dated, and much like I've covered in many things with CGI, um, when it when it comes to that, that is always going to be dated. There's always going to be a point that we look at that as goofy, and I think that's only going to compound with the more time we get away from this film. For sure, for know? sure. Yep, absolutely. So, my argument for anything is that design is where it kind of holds up and kind of overcomes that. So... But to appreciate all of this, I'm coming in very positive with this, believe me, there is a lot here that could be picked apart and really scrutinized, and especially could be scrutinized if you're not seeing it through the right lens, Mm -hmm. but to appreciate all of this and hopefully, you know, this is the whole reason why I like reviewing movies is to prepare people, prepare folks at home that are not in the know of yes. this film and could, you know, be a random Netflix watch or something. Yes. Watch it with the right lens to maximize their enjoyment. And understanding it's a satire is key to that.
0: Absolutely. Go yeah. go into it understanding what the film actually is. Mm-hmm. Instead of act you know it's classic you don't want to walk into a movie and expect and get something different and that's exactly. very helpful that This is a big reason to listen to this. Exactly, exactly.
1: (laughs) And believe me, I mean, this film very early on is going to make it obvious how... Ridiculous, this fascist society right, right. is. You know, it's very war You know, <laughs> they're, they're slowly throughout the film, the recruits are getting younger and younger till they're just like <laughs> Rico is commanding kids. And, you know, it's obvious, but at the same time, you could be really watching this as a passive Netflix watch, not necessarily listening to some of the setup and waiting for this bug action right. to come along. Right. <laughs> and, and miss that entirely and therefore think this is a very generic film for that reason. Yeah. All all of it is supporting it. We talked about Showgirls. Uh, cool. uh-huh. last, uh, was it last week? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a blur. I, yeah. <laughs> it is a blur. But yeah, Showgirls uh, was last week, yeah. yeah. Uh, we talked about Showgirls that you could maybe really argue that this is – Showgirls was satire as well, that it was trying to be a parody of this kind of – this golden kind of stripper you know fantasy yes um, you know this dream job type of fantasy but there's nothing there to support it the difference is that Starship Troopers has, has everything that. to yeah. support it you just cool. have to pay attention to it you know uh, there is just so much backup weaved for the satire there in the whole film and like I said the best thing as a reviewer I can do is prep folks at home of how to watch something to maximize their enjoyment and believe me there is a lot of enjoyment here I'm happy to say Star Starship Troopers gets a very solid oh seventy six.
0: Oh my gosh! It ekes out in the line with five. I'm sh-
1: <laughs> it ekes out. I have, have to watch.
0: And <laughs> I have to watch this movie.
1: Yeah, it's a Netflix because watch. there's
0: part of me where it's like, this is like in the '30s, right? And yeah, you're just like, yeah, this is yeah. just you just like it. You're the one guy that's gonna rate this this film. But it sounds it's your logic seems sound.
1: Uh, I'm telling you, it's 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 against all odds. What mood?
0: What mood I, do I watch this? <sighs>
1: It's definitely a boys' watch in a way, okay. You know, but I think,
0: but like, if I want a good sci-fi film, do I turn this on? Or? No,
1: this is something to kind of laugh at as the ridiculousness of it, okay. and then have some some interesting visual candy okay. as far as sci-fi. But goes. not like
0: if I'm if I'm, if I'm in a spaceballs mood, <laughs> oh, I don't maybe, go for this maybe or I do
1: spaceballs mood. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think that's a good way to put it. Okay, and okay. if anything, kind of goes back to what I said, you know, Mel Brooksy kind of you know satire ah, Yes. To okay. It, All so. right.
0: It's a yeah. very good score, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's worth your time. And uh, and and again, the best thing I can say is just pay attention to how much is supporting what this film. Yeah. is Yeah. Okay. After,
0: very cool. You know. Damn. Okay. 76 for Starship Troopers. That's fantastic. And we're gonna move on now to again the one that I was kind of surprised to see on the list, and I'm happy that it is. But this is 2002, and it's Road to Perdition. Mm. You know, it's Tom Hanks, and it's it's still. I think this is a year after Castaway. Oh, really? I think Castaway was 2001. It might have been 2000. So it's either one or two years. And this is when Tom Hanks, I feel like this is his last movie of, I don't want to say peak Tom Hanks, Mm. but he's getting to the age, you know, like with male actors you Mm -hmm. have from kind of upper 20s to mid to late 40s where you're getting those roles. Yep, yep. Hanks now he's not old, but he's in that he can only accept so many roles. Exactly, you know. Exactly, he's not going to be picking up. You know, Leo is now taking care of those for now, <laughs> and he's almost out of it. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, *Road to Perdition* two thousand two. It's that's it's Hanks in that age still, mm-hmm. and it's Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah, who we love uh haven't seen it so what do we have at road pra- sure. uh, road to perdition
1: so this was on uh, another random list uh, this was winner of best cinematography for 2002 ah, who, uh, which uh, who is was nice. it i actually don't know okay. i didn't i didn't write that down um, also uh a sec- the second feature film from san mendes uh as well um who yeah we really love through Skyfall um, I think Tom you and I are on the same page with 1917 as well the oh my guy, gosh yeah. are you kidding me yeah, absolutely. absolutely
0: yeah no completely um, Ex- Spectre
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, you know. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah but
0: big director and it was I didn't realize he directed this until yeah, we sat down today too exactly yeah.
1: uh, and I've never seen his first feature film uh, American Beauty which I think will definitely be on a watch uh, in, in the coming weeks just because I mean that movie is, is it's a classic, is legendary. Yeah, Absolutely. American Beauty
0: is a classic. Same cinematographer in that as oh, well. Really? Also, same t- cinematographer, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Wow. So we're it's Conrad L. Hall. Okay. Um, okay. and it seems like he's a he's a power player for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And and there's a lot of good shots in here. Um, a, a lot of interesting work with color, specifically for such a brown and dreary kind of you know okay. a movie set in the 1930s. The pitch for this one is that from a child's eyes we discover Tom Hanks our dad <laughs> is an old school mobster okay. uh, and this is like real old school this is like um pre like flashbacks of godfather 2 old school like this is more so like factory town mobster this is Kind of an orphan king type of mobster. It's not really like charged by Italians or Irish or something like that. Well, but it's
0: early, know? early mobster. It has to be some sort of Italian, right? I don't think so. Is 30s I, it's mafia? more so
1: like gangs. It's it, I don't think it's mafia specifically. I oh, mean, they, they okay. reference Capone uh, in in a part, but it's not like Italian mob. Uh, it's more it's so more so gangster stuff. Yeah, I mean, okay. maybe it could be Irish uh, in in terms of that type of gang work, okay. but yeah, it's specifically apart from anything like that. And, and and more so kind of captures a kind of a not a generic, but more of a broad vibe of nineteen thirties, you know, prohibition type okay. of thing. These are just uh, run runners, sure. you know okay, what I mean? Gotcha. And everyone's kinda of, kinda of getting in on the cash. Okay. So when those eyes of of his son get involved with the mob's business, it puts Tom Hanks and his son on the bad end of the barrel. Uh, this movie puts our characters on the run and structures the conflict around morality um, and how can Hanks be a good father if he is a mobster. That really is the elevator pitch here. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of heart around it. There's some cool action. I was pretty lukewarm on this film. It's by no means a bad film, uh, but it's just missing some electricity uh, and kind of stumbles over its own moral message that it's trying to tell. I'll get into that in a little bit. I I would say as far as um, putting our characters on the run, it structures the conflict in in, in a way that... uh, I don't know if, if, if Hanks is really a great performer here. A lot of it is just like Robin Hood setup up that, you know, he's still doing bad things, but it's from morally bad people, so I guess it gets a pass. Okay. But at the same time, Hanks is trying to tr- uh, prove to his son that there is a different way to live. There is a different way for him to grow up that is not himself. He doesn't want his son to become himself. He yeah. doesn't want his son to Which become Which
0: I think his... is a fine premise. Yeah, yeah. But is Hanks not... He's not selling it? It's not he's, believable in the character? There's or? not a
1: lot of emotion. Hanks is much more of a bruiser uh, in the mob. Okay. Uh, or, or or in this gang. Uh, so he's not... I would say, like you know, he's not like the Don or something like that. Sure, he's Not like yeah. you know, going on kind of an intellectual level. Um, he's just more so concerned that he doesn't want his son to fall in his footsteps. Sure. There's simplicity in that, but there's also simplicity in his performance. It's really not standout out. A little for blah. That a, a little, little blah. blah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I w- My note here is middle of the road. I wonder if this for Tom is Hanks. like
0: is this kind of Bridges of Spies level. We're Bridges Bridges Spies. Of
1: I don't think I saw that. Maybe oh, okay. I did? Maybe I did. I don't know. put it on the list. Yeah. I found
0: that to be—it's a Hanks movie, and it was it was nominated for Best Picture, which oh it really? shouldn't have been. <laughs> uh, but I found him to be very blah in that yeah. one. Kind of yeah. set in the forties, a little. I think it was forties, and uh, mm-hmm. I just found it to be blah.
1: Yeah. And I, this is a prime example of where I say you know Tom Hanks could really use still comedic roles that we see earlier on in his career peppered in to his his dramatic ones, hmm. and I think it would be That's a better he's actor best, for I mean, it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And where he's, I I think where it's a strong suit. I mean, certainly he has strong suits in in dramatic performances as well. He can do both. Yes, but yeah. I just think. I don't know. it's it's not him just cashing in a check. There's definitely care put into the character. Yeah, it but is I think a big the character movie. is just is just more simple. Okay. You know? Sure. Uh and maybe that's intentional because again, he's just supposed to be a bruiser. He's not meant to be. You know, okay. I mean he was grown up grew up as an orphan. He's taken in by this this gang. It's know. just surprising
0: to have Tom Hanks in that role. Yeah. I guess it's hard for me to believe him in that role. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so he's Tom Hanks. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just kind of foreign for him.
1: Yeah. But I, I would say I, I struggle to call it anything above just kinda passable. Okay. Yeah. So uh an early movie for your boy though, Tom. Yeah. Uh we have yeah, yeah. Daniel Craig uh in this and I would say, unfortunately, it's a little bit of a it's a it's a little bit of an all right. Um, his accent work is just a bit rough. bad uh, for some reason. I have no idea.
0: So this is supposed to be um, early. This is um nineteen
1: thirties Chicago. Uh yes I believe so. Okay. Uh, kind of like outskirts Chicago. I Okay. Believe. Yeah I don't think he's.
0: So what like. is he trying to do and what it like?
1: I don't know. It dances between <laughs> uh, Irish fast talking 30s American and then honestly it just slips into his normal voice at times. Oh really? Too. Yeah. This is bad. Um. I really you know I mean accent work is one of those things where I get nervous. I'm like am I really seeing this right? Am I being too critical? So like I went back. I mean this was a this was an easy watch on mm-hmm. Netflix. I think a, a, nearly every movie was on. Netflix. Netflix oh, okay. this week so uh, there's the plug there they can recover their bottom line yeah. <laughs> a little bit i was going back and i was just watching scenes like three or four times i'm just like no, no it's bad. I, I don't think this is good. Yeah, mm. and especially because I know, you know, even even early early things like Layer Cake or something like that. I know early Craig in a good role. Um, sure, yeah, uh, Munich as well. You know what I mean? Uh, well, he's so, good at Munich. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's just a shame. He ha- he is the son of the Don in this, and you know, there's a lot of screen time to that. It's a cool character. It just does not feel great. He, he so, doesn't. It doesn't hit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Jude Law actually plays a hitman working with them and is pretty good uh, a little cartoonish uh, creates kind of a fun gimmick villain uh, that was enjoyable throughout the film. Uh, he uses kind of photography as his murder gimmick. It's, 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 it's interesting. And probably my fave performance in the film. But it's a little bit out there once again because this film is trying to tell kind of a moral story uh, uh, in around crime. Okay. And he feels just so cartoonish in comparison to this. He feels like the... You know, I'm going to say it again. He okay. feels like the Joker. <laughs> I got okay. to get on. (laughs) chick, he feel uh, he he has such eccentric energy among this very straight lace nineteen thirties brown you know mob film prohibition mob film. It it just it, it's enjoyable. I I liked his performance the best in the film, but it, it, it's in conflict. It's not without um feeling a little bit out of place in the in the film. Okay, so. sure. I think this story. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say Paul Newman's in it too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he plays the Don. He plays the Don. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, about maybe a little bit lighter of a role than than Daniel Craig. Okay. Uh, because at some points they they you know they kind of get on the run you know what I mean we, right, get, okay. we get away from this stuff so uh, and that really is the primary structure of the film is kind of a more of a chase to it. Okay. So I think this story uh, has has heart. It concerns itself uh, with the mob, but tries to create a morality under it. We see this with something like Bronx Tale in a way, mm. uh, where the film is creating a Kind of a coming of age tale around crime or within crime, surrounded by crime. Um, this movie, as well structurally, is I, I think a bit better than Bronx Tale, it, it, given a similar type of premise, uh, because it's it's structured around a fun chase element. You okay, know I mean there's there's a little bit of electricity there that you're you're paying attention a little bit more. I just think the film is a bit too slow for its own good, uh, and performances are shaky to boot. You know if you're going to have a slow film, I think those performances really need to have something electric on its own, so you're entertained just looking at talking heads on screen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's very well shot, it's a solid story, and I would say even the action is pretty decent, but just a bit of a snoozer for me, and a touch weaker of a recommendation. You know, I'm not feeling super excited to recommend this one, just as a general kind of temperature on it. Not saying it's a bad film by any means, though. Mm -hmm. We're going to go ahead and give to perdition, a 66.
0: Oh, 66. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you joined a 6% more than Top Gun. a <laughs> kind of surprise. I thought it was going to be in the 50s when you we were talking about it. Six.
1: Yeah. But uh, it, more you know so, the ratings don't work like that. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: but for the most part, it, it's it sounds yeah. like, with what the movie is, it just could have been a lot better. Yeah. Like, it could have been high 70s if things were executed better.
1: I'll even take the same pacing on it if the performances were just a little bit tuned up.
0: Maybe the writing was better, too? Sure, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I actually don't know. I think I think I vaguely saw this. This might have been a book. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So, there's, again, there's just so it's much. It's the fact <laughs> that when you, ha-
0: when, right, when you have a film of this story, that could be cool. I mean, you're dealing with like early yeah. gang and, and like that kind of stuff, Prohibition era Tom Cruise shit. is
1: a mobster, pretty electric, you know, as a concept, you know what I mean? You want to see, you know. Tom him. Hanks. A, yes. Oh, um, yeah. Tom Hanks. <laughs> You make me many, think. Of, like, wait, wait, wait. I got three Toms I'm juggling. I got three Toms. One of them is in front of me.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's just given the story, this could have been kind of a knockout. Mm-hmm. And, and so 66 is low for what this movie could have been,
1: kind of. I think so. That's, I think yeah. so. Uh, by no means a bad film, but uh, yeah, just um, a bit a bit of a snoozer. Yeah. That really is what it is. So.
0: Okay. All right. So that's 66 for Road to Perdition. Okay, Vince. So we have only one film left, our big boy left. Mm. Uh, but before that, of course, we're going to go ahead and go into our donation segment. So today we do have a producer to thank. And actually, this is a producer who tried to donate before. Oh, that's right. Where we, where we actively were prohibiting everybody <laughs> by accident because <laughs> uh, the site was down and everything like that. We this. let him
1: down an alley with uh, with a dead end. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but this is Brandon Beebe who who tried to donate $100 before mm. and he came back and he, he donated and got through because now everything's working. Wonderful. And we want to thank Brandon Beebe for being the sole producer. Brandon, you are the executive producer of this episode and a full-on producer of the Daily Ratings mm. podcast and, well, the site as well. And he donated ninety nine dollars. Ninety nine, not 100.
1: <laughs> a hundred. One of the stories. Right. So what's that?
0: going on here? Uh, so of course Brandon wrote in a note here, and he said, "I was, <laughs> I was going to give more, but I decided to donate what Vinny gave my. Be- I decided to donate what Vinny gave my beloved Sonic movies." <laughs> because <laughs> he did say in the original donation note too, go easy on sonic
1: oh right of course
0: so he goes please don't mention the halo series because that just brings up unwanted feelings oh which i just imagine and <laughs> which, that became even more yeah, I we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there we'll leave it there <laughs> i have to disagree with sonic he goes call me a 32 year old kid but jokes um thought you thought it- Call me a thirty-two-year-old kid, but everything was up to my standards. I have no problem with Sonic's voice and jokes that he makes, <laughs> which was, you know, you thought maybe that. Sure, sure. The voice was a little bit, it, a uh, little bit
1: too much Deadpool kind of uh, pop culture vibes.
0: Yes, and the voice. Although you had no problem with the actor, mm-hmm. you didn't think the voice yeah, uh, fit yeah. that much. He goes, "I can't wait for Shadow in three, and hopefully Jim Carrey comes back for three. Oh, I Which, hope so too. Yeah, actually, that would kind of be cool. Yeah, it'd yeah. kind of a, a trilogy to it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because they brought two, in so fast. it was like two years later they came out with two.
1: I know, I know. Uh,
0: can't wait for Shadow. Th- uh, can't wait for Shadow in three. Hopefully Jim Carrey's comeback comes back for three. Also, he goes, "I guess until Vinny learns to love kids' movies, I'm only <laughs> going to donate low amounts." So we have a hostage situation on a one on a one dollar bill and that, oh, man, that's great uh love you tom hey love you too Vinny. i loved you until the sonic episode <laughs>
1: well listen two was
0: decent i mean two was a yeah. 59 59 which is worse which is one percent worse than top gun
1: stop <laughs> you can't do me like that so we
0: better get uh, our act together here vin because you're costing us a dollar
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> i eating away at our bottom yeah.
0: line but Brandon thank you so much for $99 it's such a huge donation yes, and, absolutely. and you know again it's it's so much and we thank you we thank you and a great note also
1: and low dollar amounts are not I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it and uh, and low listen, dollar amounts yeah are <laughs> well he said you know, like, you know who knows what's going to come down next but no I honestly and, and more than anything especially with enjoyment of films you know it can be it can be all all over the map. Uh, I'm glad that you you are cemented in your your own belief of uh, of uh, that you would love the new Sonic films. Yeah, just just is... a fan, so happy to see yeah, him on screen. Exactly, yeah. exactly. There can be a whole spectrum of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for anybody, and for people listening here, if you're wondering, you know what's going on, this is the producer segment where we take a, we would take a moment to thank our producers. So Brandon's producer of this episode and of just the daily ratings as a whole. And how you can become a producer is you go to thedailyratings.com, You go to the donations tab on the top right and whatever monetary whatever monetary value you're getting from us it's a value for value model so if you're listening to the podcast week after week if you're going to the website and and checking out our catalog of work and everything like that are you getting value for it? Are you using it more? And are we more trustworthy than some other sites that we think are pretty rotten, in our opinion? Mm. And the big thing is, we don't want to step in. We don't want to deal with advertisers. Uh, we don't. Uh, I, again, I won't go into my big spiel on <laughs> podcast uh, advertising on podcasts and just kind of where that's headed. But we don't want to bog down our site with with uh, banner ads or, or just large clunky ads on the mm. site as well. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, We want it to be a tool. Yeah, we don't think it's... A slim tool. Yeah, we think it's going to be a worse product as well. And that's why it's a value-for-value model. You know, we're solely... Uh, basically producer supported, and anyone who gives a, a donation with any amount of value, you are an official producer, and that is a producer credit to your name, and it means something. And because it means something, you're, you can write in a note, and no matter what you write, we're gonna we're gonna read it. Absolutely, and, yeah. And it, whether it's questions or critiques or just random comments, Brandon and,
1: hates my guts now. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's
0: a through line to you guys. It's it's how you're enjoying the show, or or just open up dialogue in whichever way you. Want. But again, if you're going to take the time to donate and uh, send us some send us some money and send us some value, then that that means something, and you and you get something in return mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So again, Brandon, we thank you so much for your donation of ninety nine dollars. We can't uh, you know we can't thank you enough for Absolutely. that, especially with us new and starting out, and you know every little bit helps. And if, for folks, if you don't have ninety nine dollars to give, we don't we know we don't need a, a big, big oh, donation. Yeah,
1: we've we, had so much. So much love in the recent donations, but really understand it is it is whatever you can give, and if not, tell a friend. You know, I mean that is exactly right.
0: Exactly, spread the word, tell a friend or a family member. Mm -hmm. You know, I think our lowest donation you could do three dollars and ten cents if you want. We have a weekly a three three ten to what's a three ten to Yuma, yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) And that's the cool thing when you go online uh, to our site, there are subscriptions where there is a weekly and there's multiple monthlies you can do if you want, or it's whatever number that's important to you or weird to you or or whatever you can give, you go ahead. So if it's three dollars and three cents, three hundred and thirty three dollars and thirty two cents, or whatever it is, whatever's meaningful to you. So that's kind of what we're doing here. And you know, we always take a time here before we get into our new releases and our in theaters now to thank our producers. So, Brandon, we thank you very much. And with that, Vin, we're going to keep it going here. And this is our big movie. Definitely excited for this. We saw it coming down the pike. This is two years in holding because mm. I think it was supposed to come out. In may. Oh yes,
1: this was prime COVID. I think we had the Tom Cruise freak out on this on this film.
0: Um, may no. No? Was it? Uh, maybe I thought was, that was a Mission was, Impossible.
1: Oh, really? Maybe it was this. Maybe yeah, it was yeah. this. Uh,
0: but you're it was the supposed future. <laughs> oh, what, what was he saying? Oh, you're in the
1: future. I'm on the phone every day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: gotta love Cop Cruise.
1: Oh, gotta. Maybe not. Some <laughs> people thought that was fake
0: too. By the way. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's an actor. Don't forget. And it's like, well, look at him. He's really trying to make this work, he's regardless. A, he's folks. a
1: Scientologist. Oh my God. This is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is Top Gun Maverick. And it's probably one of the biggest films coming out this year. I think so. This, Batman, yeah. is pretty much it as yeah, far as like, big well, Bl- Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. We have some big boys. Yeah, yeah. But a true, I would say, summer experience. Mm-hmm. Summer blockbusters. It's not out on streaming services or anything like nope, that. It's nope, yeah. strictly theater only. Yeah, strictly theater only. Mm-hmm. So what did we get with Top Gun Maverick? How does it compare and contrast to the original? Sure. And what do we have?
1: So uh, against all odds, I, I actually like the director. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Co- uh, what is it Korsinsky? Why why can't I uh, uh,
0: Joseph's uh, Joseph's Kaczynski. Yeah.
1: Kaczynski, yeah, there we go. He did a a, a fave for for us, Tom, uh, Tron Legacy, <laughs> for, he did. for better or worse. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, we're the and, only two people that like that uh, movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not great, we're you know add that to the uh, <laughs> add that to the Cloud Atlas list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, also uh, a half decent sci-fi with Cruise as well, uh, called Oblivion, that I enjoyed uh, quite a bit. Oh, so, is that right? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't I don't really mind this director. These films are. Are a great example for Maverick as they they may not have the strongest story, but they have some really solid action and that really is my my position on this film, folks. Almost a complete 180 uh, of what we had with the original Top Gun, where action was the de-emphasized part mm. um, or, or element in it. Uh, this film is much more clocked in at a full-blown action film. So okay, Top Gun Maverick stars Tom Cruise once again as Maverick, uh, a veteran pilot still flying around and still talking slick. Uh, His typical ways land him in front of the one job he doesn't want to have, uh, treading the same ground of the Top Gun training program, but this time as an instructor. Uh, When it comes to this, um, I would say this is, let let me just say outright, this is not a bad movie. I just do not like the flavor of it. Uh oh, what yeah. does this mean? Uh, so we, we cover a lot of where I'll, I'll praise something, and, you know, there'll be... I, I focus on what I like about it, but there are really critical, bad aspects to this. Okay. Uh, there is a... The, 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 the large part of what, what is good about this film is the action. It's really just the story that is just, like, nauseating for me. I really, really did not like the... Is it that bad? uh, The the inside of it, you know, you have the layer outside that was all good. The inside of it, I felt was pretty pretty joyless. Actually, really in in Top Gun in a Top Gun movie, like straight up
0: not enjoy. Like it really was bothering you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say it's almost an inverse of what the original movie was. We have thirty percent kind of being a sad nostalgia old man movie, uh, old man romance. And then seventy percent full blown action movie with some of the best jet work I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I mean,
0: it probably is the best jet work. Yeah, in film. yeah, yeah. I don't, I
1: don't think this has really a peer in the modern film landscape. And as we see, even if you go back in the day. I mean, Top Gun. The action wasn't good, so I think this yeah. movie kind of stands on its own. In a, in a good yeah, there's
0: way. not other many. I mean, there. You know, obviously there's a, there's a handful of films, but like Behind Enemy Lines with Owen Wilson is a fighter mm-hmm. pilot film, but mm-hmm. most of that's him on the ground. Sure, and, a little bit of Dunkirk. And, you know, you yeah. go back to like old dog fighting kind of stuff. Absolutely, that was know? shot very, very uniquely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is that was still with, I mean, Chris Nolan does it's all film. Oh yeah. Where this apparently they had to develop special cameras and everything mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that is. Being teased for the past two years mm-hmm. is that we're going to get good jet sequences. Yep, and at least it delivers on that. Sure, yeah, yeah. it
1: absolutely does. It absolutely does. Like, uh, not
0: a single green screen, from my understanding. Like they, yeah. they tried to get as real as, as, as possible.
1: I think even when, well, I'll talk about the the action uh, plenty, but I think even when there there are digital effects, it's more so clouds backgrounds to create speed to on the already okay. existing yeah, yeah, footage. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Just to make it look even sharper. Yes. because obviously they can't get to, like, the mock speeds and whatnot and, you know, and okay. Get there. Uh, let's start with the story and, like, you know, much like the action with the Top Gun uh, review, let's get this story out of the way. Maverick is haunted by his past decisions and reckless actions uh, defined by his character being Maverick. This film takes mu- a much more serious and emotional tone in this and I cannot stress enough that it is pointless. It is there, there is there's no really? point to it. First off, we have some reasons i mean for for some reason uh, there's a total recast of our love interest kelly mcgillis is nowhere in sight and instead replaced uh, entirely by jennifer connelly mm-hmm. as a new actress or i'm sorry a new character as well there's barely any reference to the original character and it seems to be a casting choice because I mean I'm not trying to be mean here but McGillis, uh, uh, McGillis doesn't seem really Hollywood ready. Uh, okay. maybe she hasn't she hasn't acted. Jennifer Connelly's beautiful. Sure. And 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 Tom needs a needs a pretty pretty girl on his on his arm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's odd is because this film is such a a 100% callback to the original film in everything but tone. And we are missing the one character that was the whole point of the first film in this romance. Because so... it was so heavy romance, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Second, this uh, nostalgic tone the film takes is just utterly joyless. I hate it so much. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I really... This couldn't be farther from the tone of the original Top Gun, which was just so fun and so much focused on just having a ball okay. for the entire runtime. What was a fun, flirty romance is now sad, dark, and reflective. We have an iconic sequence with Great Balls of Fire being played on the piano. And it's just its just a total drag. It, the music fades out even when there's supposed to be like some life in the film. It just fades out to be just such a sad and, and annoying nostalgia film. But, a nostalgia uh, grab.
0: Really? Yeah. But it's not... It- that's upsetting. I I yeah. can imagine it's pulling on heartstrings. You have Tom Cruise as an older guy in a, in, a, in a young man's game. Kind I, I of. Felt I felt mean, it I, was
1: manipulative. I felt like it was just uh, no. Uh, you weren't buying what they were selling. Definitely not. And because and I'm, I'm okay with
0: nostalgic, I'm okay with yeah. a little with heartstring pulling if it does a good job. That is right. Right. Yeah.
1: But it, it's 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 just in the service of making the movie. Joyless. It does not have any fun with its premise at all, and it's instead even with the young cast coming in. Absolutely, with the that's a perfect example. But you're not getting
0: any of that old school fun volleyball scene, you know that kind of classic stuff. Even
1: even the one uh, like mock volleyball scene that we see tried to try to call back to it. It's not like it's it's like sad and reflective. Really, it's it's so ridiculous that this is the Top Gun sequel. You know, it's just totally. A 180 and both and, and again I mean in what we talked about uh, with uh, the kind of the flip-flop of what its focus is yeah. being about action I'm telling you it's just it joyless it does not have fun with its premise at all and instead is about like this this reflective sad Tom Cruise that apparently in 30 years of this character existing he hasn't grieved once and now it's all coming to the head because we're making a movie you know what I mean okay. it, just, it makes no sense it's very surface level and if I really want to be critical (laughs) it is manipulative to the audience I'm telling you
0: wow Uh, I wasn't expecting that oh
1: yeah I was expecting
0: a film that was maybe a little bit more somber or something like that or more reflective Mm -hmm. because you would Mm -hmm. just expect that but to hear that it was done so poorly is kind of surprising
1: very very annoying Uh, it's a total drag (laughs) and it's just mind-blowing that it is the sequel to the most 80s film I've ever seen possibly Um, and finally Maverick's character arc in this is just nonsensical the whole premise is that his past reckless actions haunt him endlessly for 30 years and how do we see him and all characters solve problems in this film by acting recklessly there's no arc this is fake writing this is this is not this is not real writing oh
0: man wow yeah I, had to I was really surprised. Really yeah. surprised. Okay. Okay. How about this? How about this? It's, it's trying it's, to be. <laughs>
1: it's trying to be a story with depth, but fails at it. Uh, it just. It comes but, off as a corporate, soulless cast. Grab. Are you serious? I'm telling you. There's... But with
0: seventy percent now, it's seventy percent action. Is the action not right. most
1: of it? And good. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why I got to get this out of the way. <laughs>
0: Okay, go, go. Knives are still out. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. That's, why, that's what I said. You know what I mean? I got to get it out of the way. Please. To <laughs> Continue to crucify the fellow. Go ahead. Total 180 in tone. And and, and maybe it's not objectively ba- uh, uh, objectively bad story. I'll, I'll, I'll tone it back a no, little bit. No, no, no. Go back
0: to the uh, Hollywood <laughs> trash. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> but it is just, uh, even when the audience, and I went, you know, pre-opening night, uh, like, like, like the Thursday thing? I, no, it was, it was Tuesday. It was like pre-pre-opening. Oh, day. cool. The fact that the the audience wanted to have such a good time, they wanted to laugh, and yeah. this film just plays every reveal, every scene outside of a jet as sad and, oh man, I'm tearing up. It's just sacrilegious for being a sequel to Top Gun, Highway to the <laughs> Danger Zone. It's just, it's just ridiculous that this is... <laughs> this, it's, it, you know what route it's going? It's going the new Ghostbusters route. It's trying to instead take something that's fun. Is new Ghostbusters serious? Oh, yeah. It's it's all like, emotional. and I've yeah. never given a damn well, about the Ghostbusters. Neither did the podcast. We, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, were, we were up and running, folks. And that, that one went by in November. Too busy watching uh, the seventh Ridley Scott film. <laughs> but, all right, um, go back to how bad no, this no, is. No, okay, no. I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Let's talk about Overall, the awesome wait, wait, no, Real quick, real quick. Okay.
0: Overall, you felt like it was here. We are in the 2010s, and the 2020s. Let's just go ahead and get another cash grab. Let's redo the Lion King. Let's let's bring back oceans. Let's.
1: It's it's not trying to rehash the same thing. It is a sequel, you know, in, yeah. in, in that regard. But the the progression of this character and the um, the emotion that it's trying to crop up for the audience, yeah. it's fugazi, it's fake. Okay, it's, gotcha. It's, it's absolutely phony. You know, like it, people like emotional stuff nowadays. Let's make Top Gun an emotional movie. No, Top Gun is the fastest movie on the block. You know what I mean? It's it's this fast eighties.
0: It's Fast and Furious yeah, in the sky.
1: Exactly. You know <laughs> what I mean? And and we're just we're just with Tom Cruise like having sad old man vibes. Okay, all right. And like I said, I mean I'm coming real hot into the negative here. Yes, I'd I love say, it. I love I'm, it. Luckily, it is thirty percent. You know, I just really hate it. Yes. it. It's a, a bad thirty percent. It is a bad. 30%. But it's also a very good 70% of the action. Okay. Uh, of the jet action. Here we go. So, all right. I just had to get that out because it really <laughs> was just like... There's so many times in the theater Mm -hmm. that the the audience like really wanted to laugh. Like Tom Cruise jumps down from a a balcony at one point, and it like the audience is like, "Ah, like they (laughs) they love it. Yeah, and then it's just played on like a sad line, and and then like everyone just like awkwardly quiets down. This movie is joyless. (laughs) Okay, that's a good. Wow, all right. (laughs) But there is joy in the awesome action, and I will say, I mean, thankfully just how I mean the focus was was on romance in the first one there's a 180 here and now it, the focus is absolutely on jet action and I would say it's awesome. Uh, and yeah. it really is amazing. Off the back, I would say plenty of, uh, you know, this is a very well-shot movie, plenty of creative tricks being used. We talk about this, how it was key to clear, legible action mm-hmm. in the in the first one yes. that that was not there. A few key factors make this not have that at all. And if anything, might be some of the best jet action you can see on, on screen, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, first off, there's more real estate in the cockpit, both by the jet design. You know, yeah. this is a larger... You know, well, they're
0: in an actual cockpit. Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: there's there's a larger jet, even if they're cutting into in-studio work with the jet. Camera work is done uh, more creatively. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's angled uh, within the glass. Lenses are wider. Yes. Uh, there's more care put into the legibility of how much sky you are seeing. When the yeah. first one, the top of the frame... Was his helmet, uh, or was any fighter's helmet? Oh wow! Uh, and you're and the screens just just rolling back and forth. That's in like, this, it's we like... get different angles to see more sky, different angles of the pilot's face.
0: Probably more beautiful looking as well. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: much more well shot. Uh, and again, the key in me bringing this up of why this is a such a. A positive for the action is that it makes sense. You can see from the little bit of real estate on the screen that we see just sky mm-hmm. a jet fly by. Guess what? That's an enemy jet. You know what I mean? We can now sure. turn around. We know what's oh, engaged with. Very cool. Exactly.
0: That's actually really nice. And I'm assuming the fluidity between outside the jet, inside mm-hmm. the jet, outside the jet, and back and forth. So much better. Much more fluid.
1: So much better.
0: It makes sense. Good. Uh,
1: we're, we're Again, going back to the, how much real estate they're using in the cockpit, we're seeing profiles of helmets so now we identify Mm. even though they have the the same mask over them for oxygen we can now identify which pilot we're following much more easily as well it's just so much better of an action film night and day from the downright confusing action sequences in original Top yeah. Gun.
0: So would you say, as far as like modern day, you look at the past maybe 10 years or something like that, as far as action films or, mm-hmm. you know, you look at Bonds or look at you know, Mission Impossible and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. This, it's As far as action goes, this is some of the cream of the crop, not just jet fighter, but action in general.
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was a great action movie for that reason. And again, as much as I was tearing it a new one when it came to the story, yeah, uh, the, the, (laughs) you know, I I have to be objective here in that it's really not the focus The, the, the story, the Easter eggs, those are the sprinkling Mm -hmm. for the fans coming into it. And if anything, to your point about this being for a new blockbuster audience, Uh, It's primarily an action film and you don't really need to pay attention to those elements in a way. I think those elements are still important because it is Top Gun. You know I mean? We still have to follow a character, but you could really technically tune out and not care about those things, um, as far as the sequel. Sure, yeah, 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 no, absolutely. The jet work itself is very impressive. This, of course, had the cruise stamp on it mm-hmm. for him learning how to fly and, and focusing on ultra-realism of these actual jets. I think it is a really good-looking film for that reason, uh, that will even challenge the probably, I mean, the most critical of CGI haters to the test. I mean, the Jets very are real. minimum yeah. yeah very minimal uh, it is I mean like I said I, I think towards the beginning of the review I said we're looking at maybe like clouds background effects fires uh, obviously mm-hmm. explosions mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah things like that are all CGI but because the jet work is modeling after a a real a real fighter I think, even in the moments where a jet might be a mix of CGI or entirely cGI, they have such a a real hyper realistic focus on it it 's able to look almost, you know, indistinguishable from the real thing. And I think that's great. And I think it creates a blend that, honestly, again, I challenge even the most hardcore critics of uh, CGI. Maybe even the one I'm sitting across. (laughs) I mean, if anything, have your knives out. I think you will be pleasantly surprised that of how good this film looks. Very pleased to hear that. Absolutely. Very pleased to hear that. And good in a timeless way. You know, we talk about the fidelity of this. We'll we'll see.
0: Uh, Sure. That we'll see. 10 yeah. years from now, 20 years from now. Yeah, yeah. Don't be like, look at this.
1: But I think, if anything, that's where I got to tip the hat to Tom Cruise in the sense that, um, hey, uh, you know, if he's really going to bend over backwards to put these real jets, the real fighter pilot lessons into oh, his acting. Oh,
0: the, the cast through it, yeah, too, as well? Yeah. There's yeah. a payoff
1: there, and I think that's that's worth it in this film. You know, when, when we go into how hyper-realistic the action looks. It is phenomenal in air. Again, the cuts into the cockpit are huge. But uh, once again, another standout that I was surprised at is the tiny bit of non-air action we get. Ah. Uh, Really surprising to me. There are some cool sequences that something comes out of the blue uh, and... Man, it's just it's just it really is a great military action film. Which, cool. again, for better or worse, was not at all Top Gun. You know, I right, would not right, right. watch Top Gun One and say, "Oh yeah, that's a great military flick." You know okay, I mean? yeah, that's <laughs> a, that that's a war flick. No, this is this this movie absolutely. Cool, uh, and and in a lot of good ways, I think it really fully succeeds in being an action film first. Uh, that I got to give credit to the director because I think if anything. Anyone watches Top Gun 1 with the legendary you know, history it has, yeah, you know, with, yeah. the, with the reputation it has, expecting, wow, this is going to be jet fighters, and then what do you walk out of? Take my breath away. It's a romance film, you know? <laughs> it, and, and I
0: would, I even, again, I have barely seen it, I would totally walk into it thinking exactly. fighter jets all the way. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and it really isn't that. So I got to give serious credit to this film in, basically doing what the original could not Uh, and I think that that's some some serious credit Mm -hmm. and and enough credit that makes me see beyond what I did not love around the narrative elements, what Mm -hmm. I did not love around the flavor of this film. This achieves in ways what Top Gun couldn't do. This movie really does have some benchmark special effects, strong action and bravado in the practical jet work uh, with Tom Cruise's goal to always push uh, uh, his his films to the next edge uh, and uh, might possibly be the most crazy cruise film we have yet. We're gonna go ahead and give Top Gun: Maverick a sixty-seven. Oh,
0: sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. I was just ex- I was really expecting much better. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I was yeah, I was out there. I'm looking at the other scores as well. Oh, what? Yeah, what's well, the competition talk? I've stayed clear. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I saw this on Tuesday too, so it was just like, oh, I didn't even have to worry about it. That's that's cool. I think it had a hundred, but you know. <laughs> oh, Rotten Tomatoes right now, yeah, ninety six. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Ninety <Yeah. 96>? six. <laughs>
0: I know it's so bad. Okay, Godfather Two honestly, of but, Math, but, but, but sixty seven still surprised me. I think that's still low with what I thought you were going to give it. I thought yeah. this was going to come in potentially at high seventies because of those actions, and it was just being billed as such an action and, sure. and revolutionary kind of as far as mm-hmm. as far as how those sequences were shot.
1: I think it's it's very impressive, uh, and uh, like I said, I mean, it, maybe maybe the sixty seven is still taking in a lot of my dissatisfaction or, or my my. Uh, the yuckness yes. of, of, of what I was experiencing with the story mm-hmm. that said I cannot stress enough this is 70% action movie and the action is tremendous very cool so, uh, believe me if the six for folks at home if the 67 is low for you as well maybe like that Sonic review <laughs> <laughs> uh, understand I mean this this film is going to hit for different people I think the good thing that translates across all audiences is going to be this action So very good
0: uh, Okay, so 67 for Top Gun Maverick, everybody. Mm. Uh, now, Vin, before we wrap things up here, uh, anything else would like to add or roll credits here?
1: No, I think it's good. And, and, and more than anything, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going off of, you know, talking about these, these corporate elements and everything like that. I'm just happy that we don't have... You know, ads out the wazoo and ads on the site and whatnot, you know. It's so uh, true. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, Vin, thank you so much for watching these films, Vin. We appreciate it. We appreciate your scores and appreciate you stopping by. Folks at home, we're going to run this down one more time here. We have the original Top Gun with a 60%, In the Line of Fire with a 74 Starship Troopers with a 76 Road to Perdition with a 66 and Top Gun Maverick with a 67%. Folks, we thank you so much for listening, and next week, we will not be here as far as a normal episode. We're going to have a special for you, and we're going through all the original Star Trek series, which should be a pretty good time. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and give that a listen. Thanks you so much, folks. We'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. you enjoyed the podcast if you would give us a good rating or tell a friend about us if you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or if you just like to see more movie ratings from vince be sure to stop by the daily where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films also if you found value in the podcast or our site become a producer and go to the donations tab on the daily you can donate whatever amount of value you feel you received from us you'll get a producer mention on the next podcast episode too We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast.